Hi guys, before we get started with this week's episode, we just have a little bit of news for you. Oh yes. We do. The news is that we now have a dedicated section on the official Manchester United app just for our podcast. Maisad, go on it. Loving it? Yes, loving it. We know what you're thinking. Why should I move my favourite podcast app all the way over to a new app? Well, two reasons. Reason one is that you will get the podcast a whole 24 hours earlier. I think that's a really good reason. That's 24 hours earlier than everywhere else. And you can be first in line to hear every new episode. Yeah, and reason number two is it allows us to bring you so much more than just the episode. So if we talk about goals, you'll be able to see the goals within the app. And you'll also see associated articles and something a lot of people have requested. You'll be able to watch more episodes of the podcast all in one place which to me seems sensational Mm -hmm. but if you're not convinced and want to stay where you are that's fine too we'll still bring you our pods right here every week as usual right here right now but also if you're on the app you won't have to sit through us telling you all this every time that's good isn't it yeah because this is going to get repeated if you're listening on something else but not on the app Uh, anyway that's it the official Manchester United app now has a podcast section loads going on in there check it out now on with this episode download the app this, he's got O'Shea in behind, and this is the clincher. Oh, you bet it is. 4-2, that's it. Manchester United, game set and match. And it was so finished that from John O'Shea. It's Ronaldo fizzes one in, and it's O'Shea, it's broken to. And John O'Shea has done it. In stoppage time, isn't that just the hallmark of champions? It hasn't been their best day. They've ridden their luck, but they've got the goal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester United podcast. I'm Helen Evans. Uh, that's a Hoover. I'm Sam Homewood. Vacuum cleaner, actually. Oh yeah, because Hoover's a brand. It's a good point. Yeah. You are Maisie? Yes. Sorry, we are at a hotel uh, just near to Old Trafford and someone has kindly just started to vacuum mm. downstairs. So that is what the background noise is. Apologies. But yes, I do always call it a Hoover too. Cool, so I, thanks, I feel better for that. Do you, Maisie? Henry, yeah. Other vacuum cleaners are available. Um, we should say that this is not where we met and spoke to John O'Shea. We actually sit down and talk to him in Old Trafford in a lovely suite overlooking the pitch, but we are recording this bit a little bit later, having already, having already recorded the podcast. So at this point, we know what happened, we know what was said, we've done it, and we're now in a different location. And let me tell you, it's good. Spoilers ahead. Shazy, what a guy. Yeah, really good. Great lad. Maisie, what would you like to ask John O'Shea about that you know we did ask him about so that it feeds into what people are about to listen to? Uh, his goal celebrations. Mm-hmm. He's got some very, very iconic goals. Obviously, the one against Liverpool at the Cop and then the one against the, his little dink against mm-hmm. Arsenal. Yeah, looking forward to how he explains the celebrations. I wonder what they say. It is a name that has come up very often since we started the podcast. Yeah. Lots of people have wanted to hear from John O'Shea. I think that's because, like Maisie said, he's, he's had one, he's, he was there such a long time, he won so many things, but he also had so many iconic moments, not making Figo, scoring a last-minute winner at the, in front of the cop, scoring a Champions League semi-final, scoring that dink against Arsenal, going Playing in goal. Yeah. yeah. He also was at a club for such a long period that he played mm. with so many iconic players. Maybe oh. How old was Shazy when you first came across Shazy him? Shazy would have been about... 17, 18, 19, I would say. I was coming to the end of uh, my United career, so I played with Shazy plenty of times in the in the reses, showing him the ropes, teaching him how to do a few things and, you know. Like what? Well, going through the back of people, giving them a little bit of a insight into how to smash people from behind. That was nice. 
Which is just what yeah. the gaffer said, used to say. Yeah. yeah. And, but I can't... Kick them first and then uh, ask the question next. Yeah, I'm not sure if he said that was a good thing or a bad thing. You've got, you got to make sure that Santa forward knows you're there. Yeah. If you can intimidate them in, in any way, then do it. Absolutely. And that's what you told him? I would like to have thought so, Amongst yeah. other things, Amongst I am sure. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, he was... Um, I tell you what, as a young kid growing up, I would love to have known if he was right-footed or left-footed because he was equally good at both. I tell you what, why don't we find out? We'll ask all these questions to him. And Here's more? John O'Shea. John O'Shea, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Ellen. You might think we say this to everyone, but we don't. You are one of our most requested guests. Can you both agree? Can yeah, I that's definitely true. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Honestly, yeah. that really is true. And I know you have wanted to do it for a while, but you've been a busy man. Yeah. Uh, been down at Reading. Tell us what you're doing at the moment. Yeah, just obviously getting the family um, settled back up into Manchester. Um, as you said, I was down at Reading uh, coaching the last couple of years. Last year with a, a former Red, obviously, Quinny. Quentin Fortune was down there with him, working with him, was brilliant. And uh, currently now just with the Irish on a 21 team, working with the, the next generation of Irish kids coming through. So, um, no, enjoying it. And obviously, uh, when everything settles down now, the next... Next few months, look to look to get back into club football as well. So, mm-hmm. um, no, d- just really enjoying it, being back up in Manchester, uh, familiar surroundings, and uh, looking forward to obviously getting the kids. It's they're at the age now. My eldest Alfie's ten, so just getting them settled back in, and uh, hopefully that that all goes to plan, and everything else will take care of itself. If you're looking for club football, a few of your former teammates are sort of running a club quite local to here. <laughs> you not send someone a text. I know. Look, it's it's one of them things. You, you know, obviously people have they're involved with clubs and different things. So I'm hoping over the next few months I'll just get out to plenty of football, whether it be training grounds, see managers work, uh, go to see lots of games, and and obviously every couple of months then or every month there's the internationals. So I'll be busy with the with the 21s preparing for those games and stuff. And we had a decent start. We we beat Bosnia and drew with Luxembourg two away games. After we beat Bosnia, we were hoping we'd go and beat Luxembourg, but uh, when we drew away from home, so not not the best of results, but it was a great great win out in Bosnia. So uh, no, looking forward to the to the rest of the games coming up. Was coaching always your ambition as a player? Yeah, I think so. Um, it was or it management, was, I should say. Yeah, look, that's that's the ultimate aim: get into get into management. Um, it's I know it's it's a tricky tricky business at the best of times, but. I've, I'm hoping I've had a good education along the way with some of the people I've worked with. And mm. obviously I'm doing a pro license with the FAI and I'm doing a UEFA course. Uh, it's it's a call of Masters for International Players. It's a bit of a fancy title, but you're getting a you're getting a guide on sporting directors, technical directors, how the how the business side of football works. So uh, it's a, a diploma in that and hopefully by the end of next summer those two will be done and I can look at uh, a head coach role or a management role then. Mm-hmm. How long were you two together for at United? Tighten everything, I know. <laughs> I was just saying when they got a good education, I was thinking, hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I looked after shows. It was yeah. a different education. <laughs> one of these, life education. That's, 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 that. that's it. I put my, my body on the line for that young lad there. No, he did. It was, no, great memories. I think when it... Maisie would probably say himself, he was obviously in the latter stages of his career. Yeah. But for me, like trying to break through, um, to have Maisie 
just literally talking and being himself was incredible for the younger lads. And uh, yeah, you you might have took some criticism, criticism maybe about your your looks or your clothes or whatever else it might have been along the way. So nothing's changed that shows <laughs> you. Your gears never changed, pal. Still so crap. look, that's that's what I loved about it. And that's that was that was football, that and still is football, that dressing room. People always say to me, What do you miss? Uh, about not playing. And you say and David that, May. Amazing <laughs> number two. Amazing number two, son. Uh, but the dressing room dressing will be room. a big thing and, and obviously matches game day. I don't. I don't think anyone has ever said training. Yeah, have they? Mm. They miss training. So no, I think ga- no. game days and uh, and the dressing room atmosphere was amazing. Do you know when you was coming towards the end of your career? Did you? Sounds stupid now, but look at what I did to you, and you passed on your experience to the, the younger kids. Yeah, exactly that. And you, even I, I grew up well, not well, grown up. You have grown up, have you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, but like I, had, I had Kevin Moore in at Blackburn for two years. And to me, that was like an unbelievable pleasure to play alongside Kev. And he'd pull me to one side after the game and he'd pull me and say, right, you know, you did that wrong. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? And I learned so much in those two years than probably I did throughout my career because he just bosh, bosh, bosh. Everything he did was like, this is how you do it. And I just thought, wow. So that's why I looked after you, Wes, and the other kids. And I thought, well, if I can do that to you lot, give you a chance and give you a start in your career, happy days. No, exactly. And that, that, I, I tried to do that even from early on in my career, yeah, yeah. if you know what I yeah, mean, in the yeah. sense because of that kind of values you were taught. And especially if it, more so maybe if a kid was coming through the academy mm. as such. But any kids that you thought, ah, good kid, good lad, help him out as best you can. But yeah. definitely at the end of my career, you're doing it a lot more because obviously you're realising, right, Time, yeah. time's coming up. Your legs as well. Yeah, exactly. If they can, it's like management <laughs> on the pitch. You're like, like true, if you yeah. can just tuck in here a little bit, yeah. and I can look after me. Yeah, exactly. I won't be under that much stress. There hopefully. you go. Uh, well, that was the end of your career. So we go back to the beginning and do the start. Uh, and I think, like Helen pointed out, it's one of the most requested podcasts because you've got some absolutely iconic moments we should talk about, and obviously the distinction of playing every single position for United, including mm-hmm. in goal. Which I don't know if we've had anybody else who's done that. Playing goal. Played in goal, played left back, right well, there's back. There's not very many other Man United players in general. Never mind our podcast <laughs> guests. Is there? Yeah, but but he's played every position on pitch. Didn't know that. I came on up. Yeah, excuse me. I came on up front. I think it was one of the games uh, against Reading at Old Trafford. Probably should have scored as well. Big, big uh, Marcus <laughs> Hanneman. I would say it's a good save, but Marcus <laughs> Hanneman came out and he was a big unit. He, he stopped it. I always remember it was Louis Saha said to me one day. He was like, "Shazy, how?" Like he was kind of shaking his head, looking at me, you know, going, "How can you? How can you do this? You know, how can you play, <laughs> play in so many positions, type of thing?" And I was kind of thinking, "Not really sure, Louis, to be honest, in the sense <laughs> of just being being comfortable on the ball, being able to take instructions, understand." Um, hopefully, I was kind of thinking the manager thought I was quite bright and clever, and he can yeah. adapt to things. So, well, you were. So that was uh, that was that was when you hear uh, like Louis. Top striker, French international, and he's saying he was kind of shaking his head, going, "It's, it's amazing! Like, how, mm. how are you able to do it? You know." Yeah. And obviously, people would say, "Oh, you, 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 you played in so many positions. Did it? Did it stop you? Or did it stop your growth? Or all this type of mm-hmm. thing?" And I'm like, "For me, it was the exact opposite. Yeah, it was like it was amazing for me. The manager could go, I oh, know, Shazy can do that. Shazy mm-hmm. can do yeah. this. So, no, it definitely worked in worked in my favour." 
I think it makes sense also now that we're having this conversation rather than waiting till we get there chronologically. Uh, we should talk about your appearance in goal. Yeah, look, it was it was baffling really because um, Rio was fairly certain he was going to get the get the nod to go in goal, you know. And I think it might have been actually Gaz Nev in the end actually said no, Shazy, Shazy be a better option, I think. And I said, look, I do it, obviously Gaelic football growing up wasn't going to be an issue, kind of. Did no. you have this conversation on the pitch? Listen, I've, been, I've done Gaelic football. <laughs> not not really, no. <laughs> no. I was kind of thinking, no, look, I might have actually said it, but I think the lads would have been like, what? <laughs> what, <laughs> kind of shit. what was that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like this with my hand in the background going, I, I, I played a bit of Gaelic football. But actually the weird bit then was, because you look back, you're always sent different things. I come out for a cross and it was like, it, the worst attempt to catch it, <laughs> catch it. I got contact on it, but I was thinking to me, I'll catch this. And then last minute, I thought, no, I'll punch. And I <laughs> absolutely flapped at it. But um, thankfully, I kept a clean sheet. That yeah, was a big thing. Yeah, look, one on one save with Robbie Keane. That was it. We were going on international duty as well after that. And Robbie wasn't yeah. happy, like, because he was obviously hungry for goals. And look, people obviously forget, maybe forget a little bit the scoreline at the time. Mm. I think we were 4 0 up, so yeah. <laughs> there wasn't yeah. too much pressure. But. <laughs> It was it was a mad afterwards because obviously say the United fans were singing say whatever United's number one or, yeah. and it obviously got a bit of headlines back in Ireland as well and I was able to raffle off the the jersey for uh, for charity back home for uh, I think it was in the end life Coast Guard uh, down in Waterford so they raised some good funds for that as well so it was it was hilarious at the time Brilliant. and but the most nerve wracking thing was the goal kick. What? And Why? It, just turning back, and they've obviously all the Tottenham fans. <laughs> they're saying nice, uh, nice things about you, and then you're just going to kick the ball. It was, it was strange, but good, good experience. But I, I don't think I could have been a keeper. I can safely say that. Because <laughs> you a unique perspective as a coach, though, I suppose. Yeah, it does, and at least I'm able to say, hundred uh, uh, percent clean sheet record yeah. in, in the Premier League as well. Not, not too many keepers have that. Uh, you mentioned Waterford there and Gaelic football. Was Gaelic football a big part of your life as a child as well as football? Yeah, soccer? it would have been. It would have been. Yeah, that's the thing when you say football and soccer. But back in Ireland, people obviously, it's it was one of them because of school as well and where I was from in Ferrybank that playing Gaelic was was a big education for me in the sense of football too, in the sense of physicality. Because if you if you'd watch it on the telly now, you see how. Mm how physical the Gaelic football is. Harlan, I did play for a little bit, but I just didn't take to it because I was like, nah, you're playing Too against people. For them yeah, you're, you're playing against people who mightn't like you and they have a stick. So I was kind of thinking <laughs> from an early age, nah, I'll give, I'll give that a miss. But I really loved the Gaelic football. Played full forward, which would be like the equivalent of centre forward and midfield for the kind of two positions. So it was... And it's great fitness wise as well. Yeah. yeah, obviously it was it was brilliant for me. But uh, it got to a point around 14, 15, 15 more so that obviously the football was taking a more of a serious serious turn to things. So I had to stop because as well as that, I, I would have been just live. I wouldn't have been going to school. I think I would have been just training, training, playing, playing at that age as well. So there was a balance. I had to eventually. I had to had to give it up. But no, I loved it. Do you think you would you could have made it as a professional? Um, it, well, in the sense of professional, it's not a professional sport, but in the, I would have hoped I would have got picked for, say, my county team yeah. and you go and play in the All-Irelands and stuff like that. But Waterford in 
they're much better in hurling than they are at football, unfortunately, at the minute. So, uh, well, you never know. I could have, I could have kicked Waterford on to a new level in Gaelic football, but I would have had my hands full, I think. Uh, you talked there about 15, 14, 15, you kind of made the decision. Was that at the age you travelled to QPR for a trial? Yeah, I think it was definitely 15, maybe even 16. They were the first team, um, yeah, first team I went over to. They'd had scouts over and they'd signed a player from Waterford, uh, Bowes, David Whittle, a uh, defender. He was a couple of years older than me and he had been over there a year or two and obviously they'd maybe kept an eye on Bose as such, or maybe David had mentioned, oh, there's another kid doing okay. And I was there a week and they offered me a four-year contract. And uh, my dad, I always remember my dad kind of going, oh, we might might have to take this, you know. This is, uh, <laughs> this is a, what an opportunity for yeah. you, you know. And my mom was like, no, no chance. Yeah, not going anywhere, so. Um, as, as in well not as that, going anywhere in England she was worried about you going anywhere exactly yeah. even if it was United wasn't that Barca she just didn't Madrid. like QPR <laughs> exactly <laughs> I wasn't going anywhere and as well, she was kind of thinking more so I had a, kind of a year left to do in school and she thought look just finish your education type of thing you know mm-hmm. and uh, that's when you're going back to Kevin my dad was able to get uh, Kevin Moore's number uh, from someone and Kev, Kevin just said very simply to take your time. There'll be some. There'll be uh, if if QPR are offering them that after a week. To, there's there's going to be more teams yeah. kind of coming along, along uh, interested and stuff. And obviously the next year, why Kev? I think it was just his uh, stature in terms of Irish former players yeah, yeah. and kind of he'd he'd had a degree in accountancy. Yeah. He'd he'd gone over when he was. I think he. would Came to United when he was 24, 25, that right. bit later. Yeah. And obviously he was well known for Gaelic football mm-hmm. before he obviously headed across. So I think that was, and then maybe he was just good at giving people his number around. If any Irish kids are coming <laughs> over, <laughs> give me a call. No, that was he well, living in Manchester at the time? He wasn't, yeah. Was he playing still at that uh, age? No, no, no. He'd, he'd, no, he'd mm-hmm. finished playing. And he'd obviously, he'd, he started uh, an agency as well. He was involved in an agency. Right. So, uh, that was the, that was the connection. It was just very simple. Um, he said, "Look, tell him to tell him to relax. Um, there'll be more teams looking for him in the future if that's if that's what's happening." And it was a, it was a tough one. QPR were, were fantastic at the time and uh, really looked after me as well. But I kind of had to tell him, "Look, they said, look, we'll we'll have you back over and come back and have another trial or come yeah. back." And I was like, "Yeah, look, that'll be great, but." Obviously, a few other teams came into the mix then. Yeah, Liverpool, Celtic, any others? Yeah, and well, at, 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 me, me, I remember my mum and dad counting once. There were 17 teams at one stage, and United weren't one of the 17. And then literally at the last minute, okay. um, from the Euro uh, European Championships under 16, we'd won up in Scotland. And that was where it was either Sir Alex's brother, Martin, I'd been up watching some of the games and there was a couple of the scouts from Scotland that were obviously watching most of the games as well and they said, look, uh, come down. And I never actually had a trial as such, if you know what I mean. I just came down and met met the boss and Les Corshaw and things went from there. Who did you support when you were a kid? When I was a kid? Yeah. Celtic. So cause that's what I was wondering because I thought if United came in late, was presumably... I know, when I, Look, it's it's kind of well. When I was a kid, I supported mm-hmm. Liverpool, right? And 
the, my Cut dad and my out. brother. Cut that out. <laughs> edit that task. Yeah. Edit, edit. Uh, no, and my dad and my brother, huge United fans. So I was kind of thinking, I must have just wanted to rebel a little bit when I was younger, you know. And when I'd gone over to Liverpool as well, in my last year on school, they had invited me back, say, to play in the, I think it was the U team or the, the A and the B's, whatever it was then. Who's the manager then? Oh, who was Liverpool man? This first team, first team. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, because Kenny Dalglish, I'd met him. He was Newcastle manager. They had wanted to sign me. Right. They, uh, and he'd actually, oh, he, he, they gave us, uh, Kenny, he gave us, he was great character, gave me a Newcastle tracksuit and a, it was either a, D, I think DVDs might have been out, a DVD of yeah Newcastle beating United 5-0 oh. <laughs> to, to try and entice me to, to, to Newcastle. Cheers, Kenny. Um, Played no. in that game. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, look, that was another team. Celtic, to be fair, I was very close, very close to, to mm. kind of going to, going to Celtic as well. Um, they had, Lee Miller was there, uh, Jim Goodwin, the lads that I played on the Irish yeah. team with. And uh, but it was just when United came in at the last minute, it was um, it just it was weird. So it was your dad and your brother, yeah. <laughs> they they, they forced me. Oh, yeah, you're you're going there, but it just it was weird. It if it, it felt right. I remember going into Littleton Road. I know the way the red seats, mm-hmm. just in on on the yeah, left. Yeah. I'll never forget it. All the, it was either, it must have been the U team, you know, the because it went it changed to seventeens and nineteens. That's that right. kind of yeah. that structure, and uh, there was obviously a group of lads there, and I'm I think I was walking out with my mum and dad, and uh, no, they said, excuse me, you know, yeah. and, and like we'd all turn around and everyone's like heads were, no one's making eye contact, and we're like okay, we walked just getting blagged, you know, yeah. and that was the start of it. I thought okay, here we go, um, but it was. It just felt right at the time. I can't really explain. Yeah. Um, How old were you by this stage? Sorry, seventeen. Seventeen. Just just turned seventeen. Who was in the U team then? Who would have, who would have been there? Uh, Luke Chadwick, Chaddy, yeah. Chaddy, uh, Michael Stewart, uh, Wayne Will Evans, up. Paul Rachubka, uh Lee Roach, Jono Roachy. No, Jono had a bit, a bit older than what they. Yeah. Um, uh, Paul Wheatcroft and mm. Ian Fitzpatrick were yeah. the kind of two strikers. Two younger Irish kids were here at the time as well, Eric Malloy and Kevin Grogan. Um, Eric Malloy, so yeah. there was a couple of lads like that. And uh, no, look, it, when I when I when I came over, then it was it was kind of straight into. I didn't get the first year YTS, um, but it was it was a little bit strange joining into the second year hmm. uh, YTS, if you know what I mean. But going back to quickly when I when I first came over and I didn't have a trial, so. Message comes through. Come over to Castlefield, and we'll show you whatever the training ground and facilities, and you'll meet. Um, so Alex and so Les Kershaw, and we're chatting away. Actually, Fletch Fletch was in the hotel with his family the same day, and uh, so we're sitting in, <laughs> sitting in this room having a cup of tea or whatever, chatting away. I found a picture of it the other day. Oh my god. The, uh, talking about me clothes <laughs> and anyway that picture will, will hopefully won't surface anyway so Sir Alex goes oh we'll I don't know whether he, he was obviously brought in at this stage if United were going to sign younger lads to, yeah. to kind of icing on the mm-hmm. the cake type of thing and 
say welcome to the club, etc. Now, whether there have been a good few players met that day or whatever, he goes to me, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll take you on for six months. So my mum and dad were kind of like, okay, we just kind of said no to three-year deals, four-year yeah. deals, five-year deals. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, hopefully there's a little mistake here. And thankfully, Les Korshaw was just kind of nudging going, Boss, uh, John will be signing a three-year professional, <laughs> professional contract. And he's like, he started shouting at Les then. You know, blaming Les. And I was like, whew. That, that's, we didn't turn down those other teams, thankfully. Um, can we still get them on the phone? Brilliant. No, that was... And then whether as an icebreaker type of thing, you never know, you might yeah. have been doing that that too. But it was... Uh, it was it was at the time a little bit nerve wracking, but it was like all all calm uh, fairly quickly. But that was a that was me me start, shall we say? And then uh, I think it was. Did you go into digs then? Yeah, it was and in then the digs in uh, that that's uh, Jed Gaff and Stephen Cosgrove, a Geordie and a Glas Glaswegian. Jed, you would have known you funny funny kid, Maisie. Yeah. I think you had a soft spot for him because he was a, he was a defender as well. And that's what I was going to say. I I actually came in competing with him, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. And he couldn't have been any, I wouldn't say, just a great kid. Because obviously, you're thinking at that age, you're competing for places, yeah, yeah. you're competing for, for contracts. But they were, um, the two lads were, and then obviously Mr., a certain Mr. Georgic, Bojan, came along not uh, a little bit later to, to add some glamour, glamour <laughs> to the digs. So... Um, no, it was it was brilliant because the, the digs had all just moved from, say, Salford uh, to mm-hmm. Sale because yeah. of the because uh, of the training ground moving from uh, the cliff to Camden. Yeah. So uh, no, it was it, it worked out well in that sense too. Was it quite difficult for you in that sense coming in as a seventeen year old when a lot of the players you were joining had already had that one year experience? It's quite intimidating, isn't it? Yeah, and that's what I mean about when you're going into that scenario of. Uh, relationships are kind of friend little groups yeah. and that are but th- look thankfully um as i said the two lads in the digs in particular cozzy and jed uh were brilliant and had helped me settle in mm-hmm. and uh michael stewart was just up the road what a character stewart. <laughs> and he like he was a great fella as well you yeah. know and he uh helped us settle in really really quickly and obviously the younger irish lads too so you mm-hmm. and then there was a, a couple of obviously uh, more senior Irish people around the club as well at the time too, which that filters through and that's the connection. And obviously the, the club has such a rich history of um, former Irish players, but not only that, the academy situation with players that have come through the system. So they all, the club w- was brilliant for that and making you feel at home. And so who was there then? Obviously Roy Keane would have been there. Who else? Yeah, Dennis. Dennis, Dennis was still there, been, yeah. Yeah, Dennis would have been there too. So uh, two fellow monster Monster men would have mm-hmm. um, would have helped out too, and it, no, it was brilliant. Did Not they that, make a point once they knew you were there and that you were Irish to like always make sure you were okay and see how yeah, you're getting on? Yeah, no, they, they did, but obviously Dennis would have done it in a, a different way to Roy. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, but no, in a, in a good way. Mm-hmm. In a, in a good way. And what was Roy's approach? No, straightforward. <laughs> okay. See if you're any good first, and then yeah. if you're if you're any good, you, you're all right type of thing. <laughs> no, but that, it was. Straightforward for me because I was starting to make kind of inroads a little bit with the Irish teams as well. Obviously, over the next couple of years, but um, no, it was amazing for me to have to have them at the club to kind of to look up. There was a was huge. And you joined in '98, right? 
Yeah. So that must have been a really exciting time to be involved in Manchester United. It was incredible because I had friends back home telling me, or obviously after that season, 98, 99, what are you doing? You'll, <laughs> you'll, never, you'll never get through yeah. the other. <laughs> um, like, obviously, Yap, Yap Sam arrived, you know, it, the, the success the club had. Um, I was telling a story actually last night uh, at my young lads training about we travelled, obviously, the club incredibly brought everyone over to to the Euro, uh, to the new camp for the final we'd had a day down by the harbour the U team and we were all in our suits you know the U team and blazers and stuff and they said the buses the bus will come back and pick you up now at six o'clock or whatever next thing a message comes through there's no bus you gotta get yourself to the to the stadium you know so we all had our tickets and stuff but next thing we're all in the on the tram the underground in Barcelona <laughs> in our blazers United fans everywhere like incredible experience but then obviously we're in we get our we get our seats next thing there's like hundreds of fans in around us you know we're like what's what's going on here type of thing where's the VIP like, seats yeah. <laughs> but obviously they'd manage to maybe find like a, way find a, find a gate or two that was open and <laughs> got their way in security maybe back then wasn't as good but it was incredible because and then thankfully we, because we were separated, the, the U team and Reggie, for a little bit because there was that many people after kind of coming in. And then just as the game started, we kind of looking around and everyone was together again. It, it was brilliant. brilliant. And I think I was, yeah, I was the legal age then because obviously a few drinks had been taken on board. <laughs> John was definitely that, at the legal age, uh, just in case anyone's wondering. Would it matter? Yeah, exactly, that, that afternoon. but our, And then evening. So that was incredible and heading back after the the game then people I'll never forget it in the airport it was just obviously different for yourself amazing in a sense we were just getting chucked onto planes it was like no just fill the plane up and off you go but it was it was brilliant and that was just gave you gave me a a flavour of obviously what the club Mm. club was all about it was an incredible start and I suppose a sense of belonging for a youth team player you feel like Right, I'm really part of this club now. We've all been on this trip together, and totally. And that's what I mean that, that we were absolutely buzzing to think we, we were thinking we'll be will we be able to go or whatever. And then yeah. the club, obviously, the message comes back. Oh yeah, we're taking the taking the U team. We're taking the reserve team. To everyone from the canteen, yeah, like it was, it was proper order. And exactly what you said gave you an amazing sense of uh, belonging. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What part did? Um or how much did Eric Harrison help you out? Eric would have been, he was a big part of it. When Eric just was kind of leaving mm-hmm. Dave Williams and Neil Bailey. Oh, so sorry, Eric yeah. was always, say... Overseeing it all. Exactly. Yeah. And popping in and uh, in, in the background a little bit. But when I came in, it was... Neil was in charge of the 17s and Dave, Dave Williams was in charge of the 19s. Mm-hmm. So it was a kind of a mixture of those two. But more so, my first couple of years would have been with Dave... Oh, right. uh, yeah, they, and it was <laughs> um, no. They, look, he was brilliant for me, and it was the first thing. The first thing he said to me was, "Okay, you're okay at this. You're okay at that. But let's improve the uh, mm-hmm. the kind of the weaknesses type of thing." So two times a week, mainly the Tuesdays and Thursdays, just left foot. Let's get cracking on your left foot. Let's practice it with your left foot. And I was always thinking, I thought my left foot wasn't too bad, you know. I was going to say, I'm not quite sure what footage you were. No, you that was the thing. Yeah. And I think that's where I have to give credit to, to to Dave Williams and Neil Bailey for that, in a sense. And that's what that's where I kind of got into the team, the, yeah. the first team. And it was one of them things that 
it was when it, when you look back on it because obviously I didn't come through the academy as such and mm. you have a different the training I got back in Ireland was brilliant but obviously it was different to yeah. a, an academy situation so um, quite quickly I realised I had to catch up a little bit as you said Helen about joining into a second year mm-hmm. group they'd already had a full year's training mm-hmm. um, so you're kind of playing a little bit of catch up in that sense and that's why Dave just said look we'll do a little bit of extra work and it was nothing brilliant yeah uh, it wasn't reinventing the no, wheel type no, of no. thing it was straightforward just get that left foot going and practice it short passing longer passing and um, as you said, just as you said, there are people have often said to me, what, what foot were you? So mm. I'd go back to Mr. Williams for a bit of credit on oh, that one. Oh, it was brilliant. So you were right footed, and I'm assuming you were always a centre back? No, um, that was the thing growing up because my dad was, uh, say, heavily involved with Ferrybank and he was a manager, he was chairman, he was a bit of everything. I was playing, I started off right wing, then it was like as if, and this was. I don't know, I might have been eight playing under 11. So obviously they just thought we look after you a bit to throw you out on the wing. Yeah. I had a bit of pace as well, yeah, amazing yeah. then. Um, have you always been tall? Was you always tall as a kid like as well? A little bit, a little bit. I wouldn't say... So like a gangly winger, flying down the wing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. G- gangly winger. And then I just went, <laughs> it's like as if I came backwards a little bit in the sense of into midfield, then centre-back stroke uh, sweeper type of thing and one position say I wouldn't have played as much would have been full back if you know what I mean but uh, obviously there was a bit of there was a bit of competition to, to get in the yeah. team at centre back so that's where I suppose you, you come back to adapting and understanding where you can try to use your your brain to see right, where can I get in this team or where can I take advantage of it and that was a that was a big part of a, improving my left foot and eventually you did break into the team your debut was against Villa what was that moment like? Did you know you were going to play? How did it feel? Yeah, look, it was a crazy, crazy feeling because obviously you, the the build up you have to it and the, the the emotions behind it of okay, it's 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 a start, but you realise then you you have big competition, mm-hmm. you know, and you're you're I was up against Dion Dublin and Julian Joachim, and it was like hold on a minute, this is this is proper yeah. proper football here. And uh, I'll always remember, I think Chaddy, I don't know whether Luke had made his debut before then or it was his debut that night as well. And uh, we were sitting next to each other in the dressing room and obviously the manager's not too, not best pleased and he's letting a few of the senior players know at halftime and we're like, okay, just keep your head down. If he's if he's going to say that and dust to you by now, I think... That's a good lesson, I think he would, Yeah, I think he would have said it. He would have said it by now. So, uh, no, it was it was amazing because he just gave you... Gave you that taste for it, you know, but also made you realise, okay, I'm still, yeah, have, still have plenty to do mm. here because obviously Villa at the time would have been a deep, obviously are now a, a proper big club and quality players that you're facing. And I had Dion Dublin and Julian Joachim, like it was strong and fast and pace. You had to try and cope with that night. So it was, it was great, but also made you realise, hold on a minute, you have, you have a mm. bit to do here. Do you remember the score? 3-1 it was 3-0 3-0 3-0 well thankfully things got a bit better yes, it got a bit no. better didn't it <laughs> um, no, I thought 3-1 no 3-0 we have, we have no, 3-0 don't worry we've got 3-0 on the notes so the bad news is we've checked and it was 3-0 ah well I was I was hoping someone maybe Ollie or someone had got a goal for us you know but <laughs> uh, obviously 
we we didn't we didn't do mm-hmm. our job at the back that night and as I said no it was afterwards it was a kind of one of those things where you're like okay you're doing okay but still still a bit of improvement to to do to to get your place in this squad this team is that why the decisions came then to go on the loan spells that followed that yeah I think the manager one of the first when he pulled pulled me into the office and he he's kind of saying look the the reserve team football is it's okay for you but you, we we don't think you he actually is for his first time he said it to me about Bournemouth going on out to Bournemouth, he says to me, uh, you actually need to get a few <laughs> few black eyes, a few black eyes and a couple of broken noses if you want to be a defender. In a in a nice way, he was kind of saying, Look, cause you're finding the the reserve team football a bit too it's a bit too easy for you. Mm-hmm. So we kinda have to we have to challenge you a bit more. I don't think you're ready for the first team. So and I'd been training a little bit with the first team, but not not every day, not regularly. So he kind of felt this would be an ideal, ideal scenario for me. And look, it was. Who was the manager there, Bournemouth? Uh, Harry, no. No. Oh my God. Mel. Mel. Mel Machen. Mel Machen. Mel Machen and Sean O'Driscoll was his assistant. And uh, no, it was what, what an amazing yeah. t- time I had down there. In the sense of, um, come on. No, it was like obviously don't mind <laughs> climate wise. I was uh, yeah. I was going around shorts, shorts and t shirts. We're not about climate. Nothing <laughs> like that. Come on. I went down there for football, basically. It was uh, you're no, Irish. Look, it, you're Irish. It was look. It, it was a brilliant kind of obviously seaside town yeah. resort uh, for me going in there to big Steve Fletcher. I never forget. He's he was he's kind of a one of our famous former players. He's still mm-hmm. working at the club there now. But he was kind of saying we had. It was actually one of the Steen brothers. He was finishing his career there. I think it was Mark Mark Stein. Mark Stein. Centre forward, yeah. yeah, centre yeah. forward. And one of the first nights out we had not that it's another night out. Um it was his his birthday and it was great for me to kind of meet all the lads type yeah. of thing. I think I'd only been there a few days and uh, Fletch was like oh, I'll just for him to come over to a young lad and like look I, but he said it in a funny way. He was like, "I'm the daddy. I'm the daddy around here. I'll, any problems, I'll, I'll help you." You know what I mean? And it, but it was a real. And that it was later on. I only noticed it when, say, Eddie Howe became the manager. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Tindall was his assistant. He later became the manager. But and Fletcher, big uh, Fletcher was the chief scout, maybe. And it was amazing. They had that all that success they had. If yeah. you if you know what I mean, coming through the leagues with a kind of a that basis mm-hmm. of. How they kind of, how they kind of had created an atmosphere there, and it was a, it was a huge thing for, for me. For me, it was all about kind of learning learning the ropes of proper football that mattered yeah. to people, and in the sense of contracts, trying to get promotions, trying to stay in the league. It's real football, well, isn't it? Proper football, players and playing for the mortgages and paying the wages and all that. Exactly, sort of stuff, and yeah. it, even the obviously you're getting used to different training facilities, yeah. training pitches, so it's giving you a kind of the angle of Okay, if you want to come back to United and make your way at United, mm-hmm. you gotta. If you don't succeed at this level, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna yeah. How are you gonna come yeah. and cope with United type of thing? But because I was in digs in Manchester, they obviously felt we'd go put you in not in a hotel. Obviously, we put you in digs down in down in uh, Bournemouth as well. And the the landlady and landlord I had down there were look. They, they'd obviously been Ken doing Ken and Audrey. Ken and Audrey, yeah, took yeah. You, took you to bingo. They did. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, 
they'll do their research, Paul. No, they'll, they'll, do do, that. they'll do that. And I must have told them my me, me nanny used to go to bingo <laughs> and they thought, ah, oh, we'll get them down to bingo. How'd um, you get on? We did all right, yeah. We would have had a few <laughs> wins. <laughs> we, had, we had a few wins. But uh, no, it was it was one of them things that Ken and Audrey did, just wanted to do everything they could mm. to make you make you feel at home. And, was uh, you with anyone else there then? Or just no, I think Rio... I'd been there a year or two before, right? Um, and Jermaine Defoe came the year after me. Actually, Ken and Audrey were lucky with who yeah. was in their house. Yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Jermaine Defoe was definitely there. I'm not sure if Rio had stayed in, with Ken and yeah. Audrey, but um, they, look, it was it was one of them things. It was it, I couldn't speak highly enough of yeah, him. Yeah. Um, Ken is no longer with us anymore. He passed away, but his wife Audrey, I'm still. Still in touch with, and she she's amazing. She sends up knitted uh, knitted clothes for the kids and stuff as well. You That's know, no look, because <laughs> <laughs> um, any time say if uh, so when nice. the kid when the kids That's arrive, so nice. there'll be so a little parcel arrive uh, knitted jumpers and stuff Brilliant. like that. And no look, it, something like that you'll always um, you'll always cherish, you know, because they they looked after. You. And I know obviously my family were are so grateful mm-hmm. as well. You know, it was it was a nice touch. Brilliant. Has it actually gave you a bit of whiskey or something if you had a if you had a cold? Yeah, a little. It was either a little drop of because that was years later when I was uh, chatting to them. They're like, "Hey, you you made us out to be uh, terrible people," you know. As in <laughs> laughing, saying we gave you alcohol and we, we brought you to bingo. And I was like, "No, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I meant it like obviously you were treating me like like a son. It could have been a drop of brandy." Ken said, "Ah, that'll help you sleep." <laughs> That'll help you sleep good, and you. And to be fair, I had a great night's sleep. So <laughs> I was brand new the next day, so I did the trick. So then you were there for like ten games or so. You go back to Old Trafford, or you come back to Old Trafford. That's where we're sat now. And then, how how long until you were over to Belgium and Royal Antwerp? Yeah, it was another kind of. I'm fairly sure it was maybe six months later. Kind of the. the I'm trying to think, who was my resi manager then? Was it Mick? Was it Mick or Chalky? But basically, I got got a chance to kind of have a taste of train, training with the Forest team a little bit, then going back playing resis again, and then I got to the stage where the manager thought, right, you're, you're closer to the Forest team, you're nearly kind of there, yeah. But we need to just test you again, and he pulled myself and Mike Stewart at the time, and Mike had, I think Mike maybe had, I don't know if he'd made an appearance with the Forest team yet, but he he felt he was close. Mm-hmm. He was obviously thinking I'll, I'll, and he didn't. He turned down say the move to um, Antwerp. Yeah. He'd come over with Jimmy Davis. God rest him as well. Jimmy came with us, um, but Mike said no. It's not for me type of thing. Which the manager yeah, was, yeah. understood that. You know, yeah. he said this is what we feel is good for you. Uh, that that uh, that'll test you. And it was Chaddy Luke Chadwick had been. He's still a god over in Antwerp. He had been there the year before <laughs> and got them promotion. Help get them promotion to the to the top league, and uh, so they were doing okay in the league. And basically, it's the top league in Belgium. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll I'll go for this. This will be a good experience. And um, it was look, it, it was incredible for me in the sense of my second game in playing away at Anderlecht, Mark and Big Jan Kohler, Thomas Rosinski, and I'm thinking. What an, what an education Absolutely, this is, you know, yeah. and then you're, you're having to cope with that, deal with that, as well as uh, living in a different culture, a different country. 
having to cope with that. Thankfully, m- most people spoke English, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. So that the language barrier wasn't an issue, thankfully. And uh, and the manager came. I think he came over towards the end of the loan spell to watch one of the games as well. Obviously, the club had a connection mm-hmm. with, with Antwerp too. So um, no, it was, and we managed to to stay up as well that that season for Antwerp too. So it, it was brilliant for me. It was, and I kind of it was the. I would probably say the making, the making yeah. on me in the sense of to to get that How chance. How old was you then? Uh, Twenty. Oh. Well, boom! Something's happening outside the door. <laughs> no idea what it is. It's had that sandwich arriving, isn't it? <laughs> no, I, I I'm fairly sure twenty. Twenty, yeah, yeah, 20, 20. and so twenty twenty one. Yeah, I was. I probably. I think I just turned twenty one, maybe while, while I was in Antwerp, mm. and uh, it was it look. Uh, it, it was the making of me in the sense of the manager then felt, I think he said something along the lines of, you, you, when I came back that pre-season, along the lines of, you're looking like a, you're looking like a kind of a, a man now type of thing, in yeah. the sense of, obviously, you, you develop physically mm-hmm. too and you, yeah. you, you're growing that. And so, and obviously, the t- two, three years professional training, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things, are, things are starting to pay off. So, the, the loan spells were key. They were huge for me really because, and the, the the other thing is, it's to kind of block out for for younger kids now to block out the noise of outside influence, mm-hmm. because obviously you, people back home would have been saying, "That's it, you're you're done at United type yeah. of thing. You're yeah. never going to get a chance." So yeah, f- that was a big thing for me to kind of know that. No, look, the manager has spoken to me. The coach, That's a lot of the trust coach, in the gaffer, isn't it? So yeah, as well. the, but it's it's a case of the there's there's a plan, there's a kind of a pathway, yeah. and you have to trust that. And they've obviously been down this road before, mm. type of thing. Yeah. And because uh, that was the thing, getting back to why I would have signed for United would have been the, the, the what way should I put it? The education they've given players if they didn't come through at United, yeah, yeah, yeah. that they've gone on to have careers, Successful careers, careers yeah. elsewhere, yeah. type of thing. So that would have been a big factor. So it all did pay off, and then you made 13 appearances, I think, the following season after uh, your couple of loan spells. But I suppose the breakthrough season for you was the one after 2002-2003 season? Yeah, that would have been definitely the the big one. Um, it was it was an incredible, incredible season for me, you know, to have, I think it was that many appearances, and to go, we managed to chase down uh, Arsenal as well to go on to go and win the league was was incredible um and it, it look it was just a dream dream scenario to play and that's when you're talking about I got into the team playing a full back having just it was like as if I was just having a a free role a free role at left back in if you know what I mean to sense it just go get forward defend when you have to because obviously being a defender you know that you'll have to defend at some stage but the freedom that the manager had us playing and to go and attack as best you could and to obviously my left foot was okay but I was able to check back in onto my right foot join in the attacks help uh, it was it was just incredible and the momentum I think it was just the, f- the fact of um, once you know when you get into the first team and the, the rest of the senior players are like ah Shazy is okay he'll be able to help us a bit you know yeah. as well and that, that was amazing for me you know and uh, the atmosphere in the team at Can the you time. remember your debut, your, your home team debut? The West, no, not West Ham, or in the league. I've no idea. The, 
Um, my first question. My first. Uh, no, no, my no, first start. Just, just walking out Old Trafford in your, for your first for your yeah, first game. Uh, yeah, the, I'm sure it was. We actually lost right, right. to uh, to West. My first start. I think uh, Defoe scored. It was one nil. Um, was you nervous? Yeah, but I'll always remember. I think it was Gary and Phil just saying to me beforehand. This look, you're here. And your hard work is is kind of yeah, paying off. Yeah, paid paying off. off. Yeah. But this will be. Um, this will be easier than any kind of Reggie game, in a sense of, you know, maybe mm-hmm. they're just saying that because they saw my face or whatever, <laughs> I was petrified after walking out. Um, but they were right in the sense of, because you, you, you've done the groundwork, yeah. you've done the, but you, you're here now because there's trust, there's trust involved, mm-hmm. there's players trust you, the managers trust you, the coaches yeah. trust you. So all those things, and obviously walking out in front of the Old Trafford, like was, but it's 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 hard to explain to people, Um when people ask me now, what what do you or what do you remember or stuff like that, you're almost in a, I won't say a trance, but you're just so focused mm-hmm. on uh, performing, yeah. and they'd be like, how can you how can you not be nervous or how can you not be? But you that's what you're you're training for. That's what you're so, yeah. accustomed to, um, in the sense of that's why getting back to the atmosphere around the place at the time was mm-hmm. just so relaxed and positive that that made you go out and want to perform, you know. Did you feel pressure from back home, becoming a rising star through Manchester United? Did you feel any of that pressure, you know, from the press or just people in general thinking this is going to be the new Irish star? Yeah, uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, but at, at the time, um, would obviously say Roy and Dennis in the team as well, it was uh, it was ideal in the mm-hmm. sense, ideal for me because um, having them... There was enough headlines, say for example, about them that I was just able to kind of mm-hmm. under the radar. Uh, yeah, exactly. Come in under the radar and uh, have have the the season I had was incredible. And then obviously there was just the World Cup and Japan, Korea. Obviously, Roy, the whatever happened with Roy happened with Roy, but Roy was making a case for me to get picked for that squad. Brilliant. If you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. And I was kind of thinking, well. I have no chance now that Roy said that. <laughs> it's like, Anybody associated yeah. with Roy is not. But no, just but that, that just shows you how I was obviously yeah. uh, getting a chance to making progress, yeah. getting progress, and then obviously the following season, getting into the senior Irish mm-hmm. team as well, and making the progress in that sense too, um, was was incredible. But it, I wouldn't say pressure, Helen, as as such, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was it was that thing of. Knowing if I was close to Manchester United's first team, I'll definitely be be involved mm-hmm. with Ireland and mm-hmm. uh, get get the chance to perform there. So that was that was a big thing. But no, it was an incredible incredible season that or two or three one. Um, the squad the squad of players we had, um, it, we would have been we would have been upset if we didn't win the yeah. win the league that year. It was really good. Did squad you ever get well. nervous before games? Um. I wouldn't say, yeah, a little bit, but because... But you go back to that little bit of cocoon thing sort of thing. Exactly, because yeah. you're you're in the, the little players' lounge beforehand. Mm-hmm. The, if if the manager's pulling you in to see if you're you're playing, not playing, yeah. rested, yeah. I'll play you in two weeks <laughs> or I'll play you in 10 days or yeah. you're out for a month yeah. or whatever it might be. Um, but you always had a... You, you, you always knew um, that... The, the feeling around the place was just so relaxed, mm. but also, 
I wouldn't say tense, but they just we knew like even the There's senior players job, to do, it, job yeah. to do. It was uh, a little feeling of okay the the laughter. There was like a little uh, imaginary yeah. imaginary yeah. switch. Yeah. Boom! Right, game faces on, yeah. and out, out we go. It was uh, incredible. Incredible mm. feeling. You mentioned Roy talking about you getting into the Ireland squad and also the attitude before games. How I mean I don't know if this is if it, right or wrong because obviously I've never seen it, but. We spoke to Darren Fletcher at length about the, the the infamous tape that was recorded with him on MUTV and it didn't go out. And I think the rumour is that you were one of the people he was talking about. How did you feel about that? Because obviously from the outside, it became a huge deal. Yeah. Did it feel like that to you on the inside? No, not at all. Because obviously we'd been so used to it. <laughs> and it was, it was ne- never an issue in the sense for, for us because that obviously that was... Roy, uh, the, the captain, t- talking to us, it was it was fairly mm. straightforward to be honest in that sense. But it was look, it was one of them things that just kept gathering uh, momentum. And at the time as well, the team we obviously we lost to Middlesbrough, and then lost to Lille, I think as well out in there. So, but for a player coming through, and its criticism is. I would say is part and parcel and if Roy wasn't saying that to me I'd be kind of a little bit worried too in the sense of he's not bothered so you know what I mean that type of scenario of he wants me to do better he wants me to do well Um, like whether it be Giggsy, Scolesy Mm -hmm. the two Nevs whatever people were saying to me or I'd take it all on board you know what I mean that was that's the way I had grown up with it through the academy and into the resis and into the first team, you know, that that was part and parcel and never to, um, I'll always remember one of the first times I'd just moved house and uh, so I'd never actually, I'd never left from the house to, we were meeting, we'd go to a hotel the night before and uh, so this is the first time I've left from the new house to get, and we had to be at Old Trafford say at half six. Mm -hmm. So, all right, I'm thinking, I'll leave at six. Plenty of time. Plenty of time, you know, there'll be no no dramas. But obviously Friday evening, there's a bit more work traffic, there's a bit more whatever else. So I'm like, I'm starting to starting to sweat, sweat a little bit here, you know. But thankfully I was thinking in my head, the manager wasn't going to be there. He was going to meet us at the hotel. Yeah. So I'm, like, and I'm still barely in the first team type of thing, you know. So trying to put the foot down, staying within the speed limits, of course. So I can get next thing. It's like six six twenty eight. I'm like I'm thinking this is Miles getting away. this is getting this is getting close <laughs> here. So literally, it's kind of six thirty, and I'm kind of pulling in type of thing. Like the bus is still there, you know, like pure relief. Next thing, I can see the bus moving. <laughs> right, I've not parked the car yet. I'm nearly <laughs> I'm nearly in, and it's like bus is gone. So I can see Roy and a few, obviously the senior players. I'm thinking. Well, they've done me here so I'm panicking thinking <laughs> will I drive the car back we were staying actually in in all of the edge at the time uh, so I'm thinking what am I going to do here quick little panic thinking right I'll leave the car and I'll get a taxi and I'll still get to the hotel if you know what I mean yeah. in time so the manager will think oh but obviously Roy was Roy was teaching me a bit of a lesson here and it even to be fair it was look it was a my own fault I should have known mm-hmm. prepared better in the sense of yeah. knowing the distance fr- from the house but the next day as well I think we played I'm trying to remember the game we were playing 
But obviously, Roy mentioned it to me again, and I'm kind of like, oh my god. <laughs> so basically, he'd seen you driving in, but he didn't stop the bus. Yeah, just like no, no. This is this is a lesson. Yeah, but it was like obviously my own fault, and you hold your hands up type of thing. But you're, I was thinking, I was more worried about the boss. The next thing, obviously, <laughs> yeah, really? the senior lads on the senior lads were like, no, oh, no, we teach you a lesson, Shady. But no, that's that's the way it was, and look, it it served me well. It served me well, you know that those things you have to. You have to be on top of. Mm-hmm. You have to be on top of. Helen mentioned the 2002-2003 season. Obviously great. We won the Premier League. But you also had one of your most famous moments when you lutmeg Luis Figo. <laughs> yeah, look, it, it, it's crazy that the amount of people that still obviously talk about mm-hmm. it and mention it in the sense of it was just one of them, seriously, one of them things. Did you shout it? It's <laughs> <laughs> pure shock, I think. <laughs> um, the, the game itself, the... Because obviously, what a player Figo was, mm-hmm. it, it was weird. Because obviously, when you're left back, the scenario for me was easier coming back into the right foot. Obviously, I'm I mean, nat- naturally right, right footed, but thankfully, say when I did it, I was actually just able to keep the ball as well and uh, keep possession. But uh, no, look, I would have gladly Figo not make me a hundred times and we'd won the game, if you know what I mean. Yeah. The yeah. fact that they. Went and went and uh, knocked us out was was annoying because we felt. I always remember before the game, the manager um, saying afterwards actually, because I think that night it was myself, Rio, Wes, might have been Mikel, I think who'd started in the back four, and he'd said about our ages and the level you need to get to, to kind of uh, be dominant in Europe and understand European football the latter mm-hmm. stages and stuff like that. Because they'd kind of they they done us lesson, yeah, yeah they'd done us a little bit, so it, it kind of it, it took a while to get there, but uh, we 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 kind of got there in the end. I had um, TV on yesterday, just wasn't doing anything, and it was the like Premier League years, and I had it on for like five minutes. And in that five minutes, it said one of those like a little montage of skills from the season. Uh, I think it was a season or two after the one we're talking about, and the first player in that montage was you. Do you think people underestimated how skillful you were with the ball at your feet because of your height? <laughs> and also the fact that you were a defender so people maybe yeah, didn't expect but, you to be able to pulling off little turns and nutmegs and things exactly no look de- definitely uh, could, could have been the case because uh, it more than likely then they're seeing me as a centre back as well type of thing full back but that's what I spoke about uh, when the manager would speak to us go and express yourselves mm-hmm. I think it was nearly almost the last thing he said before every game was yeah. enjoy it go and enjoy 100%. it you know express yourself and uh that's how I always kind of did, wanted to do on the pitch. Obviously, when Rene Moulinstein got involved, say with the first team as well, his background would have been in a little bit of uh, skills coaching and stuff like that. But also from a young age, like little Cruyff turns, little things like that that I always enjoyed doing. And when you're when you're getting your feet in the door and getting a lot more comfortable in the team, I suppose that's when you're getting a chance to express yourself in that sense and and enjoy that part. It was look. You're first and foremost. You're in the team to defend, but when you're getting that fat, look, we were dominant in lots of games, and you were getting a chance to go forward and join in because obviously you had to break teams down to get the chance to express yourself. Was was something I enjoyed, you know. Definitely. Somebody who did express themselves the next year was Cristiano Ronaldo, <laughs> and he was playing for Sporting Lisbon. How much do you remember of that game? Yeah, not. Plenty, um, <laughs> in the sense of I think this fella's up for it tonight. Um, Had you that, heard much about him before that? Little bits, little bits, but 
I think most of the lads will be honest and say they, they didn't they knew obviously there was an interest um, but we didn't know too much about mm-hmm. him and uh, look it was he, he was ready for the game you know what I mean in the sense of in the warm up or just before the game kicked off just eyeballing me just beforehand you know thinking goes <laughs> I'm like oh. ah here Ronnie I'm I'm tired here I'm just after coming back from the, t- the tour yes. in America yes because you were just back from tour yeah no but that it was funny because obviously it, Normally, when the manager names a team, everyone wants to be whether it was a pre-season friendly, whatever it was. If the f- you're there with the first team, everyone wants to play. But the, uh, trust me, there was lots of lads delighted they weren't picked in that <laughs> eleven. Nothing to do with Ronaldo, <laughs> just to do with the fact of uh, and uh, we travelled back from Travel, America, yeah. and gone straight to Le- Lisbon, and there was a few issues, say with uh, jet lag and sleeping and whatever. And, Nothing to do with late nights or nothing to do with that. (laughs) Very professional. All professional, yeah. uh, As pre seasons are. So, um, no, it was, look, it was was a weird one. People always say to me, uh, or in a sense, Ronaldo destroyed you that night or all this type of thing. And I'm kind of like, well, have you watched the game, first and foremost? Because obviously these stories tend to grow legs. But also, I'm kind of thinking, if he did, kind of so what in the sense of he's one of the best players Definitely. ever to play the game. So I'm kind of thinking, ah, I'll, I'll live with that. I'll, I'll live with that. Yeah. It's okay. Um, but it was the fact that he was obviously as young as he was, but physic- people talk about him physically, obviously developing and stuff. Physically, he was okay then, if you know what I mean, yeah. in the sense of to be able to, and that was the big thing, I think maybe the manager thought afterwards, Obviously, there's the story about obviously all the senior players saying to him, "Look, this kid is ready." I'm sure the manager kind of yeah. <laughs> knew himself yeah. um, from watching the game, but that that was a big thing in the sense of physically being able to cope with the Premier League. I think they realised that night, yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's okay right. for the Premier League in the sense he doesn't need to stay a year on loan at, at, at Lisbon. He's he's more than ready, and thankfully. Um, well, thankfully, I was jet lagged and struggling that night, so he, he was able to stand out and shine. And yeah, I was just going to get the down to you, <laughs> exactly. Um, I no, said that like, yes, yes, my Blomquist. <laughs> he, he ripped me a new one over in uh Gothenburg, got beat 4 0, and next minute he's signing for uh, signing. signing for Man United. So there you go. Well, well, I think that's a compliment behind the scenes. That's sort of man just thinking, well. Maisie's quality, <laughs> Chasey's quality. If these players are, t- oh, there must be some players. These lads. Do you like some of your teammates from that day have sort of hung you out to dry a little bit? Because you're right that that story of him playing at United goes around all the time, and so, it has grown into like its own little yeah. legend. And everyone's always up. Yeah, he destroyed Chasey that day. But it's one of them. It's like Sam. Uh, I'm I'm giving the the lads a bit of artistic license. Mm-hmm. You know, all the the books and the yeah. stuff. They to maybe exaggerate these chapters a few. They must have been struggling for a couple of chapters and thought we'll we'll highlight a few more. No, look, it's that's that's one of them things. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, was it Rio? Was it Rio? I think said that there was an oxygen tank needed, and I'm like, <laughs> "Come on, Neil, I'll 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 take a few things, but oxygen tanks no. were not required at, at any stage." Uh, there's no time like the present. Our producers just reminded me of a photograph, <sighs> which has been going around for a few years. Oh, look at that. Boy band. <laughs> What's astonishing is how badly everything fits. There's not what? a single player in one fits? item of clothing that fits. Yeah, yeah, he said it doesn't fit. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Like nothing, nothing fits in that image. 
Some of them fit now, though. <laughs> a, few, a few years later. Um, Don't that was a, that Maybe was still a, got that leather jacket. The, <laughs> that's uh, going back to the the bond and the the morale around the group in terms of that was a, a Christmas lunch. Yeah. Shall we say that turns into um, carnage? Yeah, it turns into a good day. Yeah. It turns into a good day, and um, look, it was, it was it's incredible how often it it, it pops up that picture as much as maybe people try to delete it and get rid of it and but no look it was a bit of team bond and the manager obviously encouraged it as much as we could at the right times and uh, mm. thankfully we've all uh, matured and got much better <laughs> clothes and, to, on board I uh, was just going to ask you funny enough about your relationship with your teammates who were you particularly close to over the years I know you were here for a long time so it changes over time but who were you close to in the dressing room yeah look it would have been Starting up, Wes uh, Rio had just arrived. He's on Fletch coming through. Then you going into say Michael Carricks. For, for me, it was like the group. Whoever came along, I was friendly with everyone. Mm-hmm. Type of thing in that sense, you know. Johnny coming through, Dan Gibson, mm-hmm. lads like that, and then obviously the lads who remained at the club while I was there. You know, there was a there was a great group, and then you would have obviously the the Manchester lads that were obviously. The, yeah, the Nevs, uh, Scoldy, Butty, um, Giggsy, that like I got got on great with everyone, and even when say the foreign lads g- came along, whether it be Patrice G, uh, Carlos Tevez, uh, Edwin, Louis Saha, Mikel, um, no, it was a great. I'm trying to think. Oh, you're just everybody's friend. If anyone I've left out, yeah, I, I, I didn't like it. <laughs> Absolutely hated David Beckham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, you were terrible. just everybody's friend. What a bad man he was. <laughs> no, I'll tell you, you name some players there, and you think of that squad or that. And that's leaving that, it. Beckham, wow. Ruben, Nistelrooy. Oh my God. Uh, to, no, look. Ronaldo. Look, incredible. It's got on great with Wazza, still get on great with him. Look, that's what that's I mean. That's incredible. In, you know, the, the, the amount of no. players you've Game played with. Land, because people players. say to me, did you play with uh, Varon? Yeah. You know Sabi, what I mean? Yeah. Did you play with this? Did you play? Like, I would have been like, yeah. yeah. Varon <laughs> would be, a, I think, a great player to touch on just while we're having the conversation. Because Maisie always talks about how amazing he was and how, how impressive he was in training. Mm. And there's, I think, a, a maybe a misconception that he failed at United and that he wasn't worth the money and that he couldn't cut it and that he wasn't any good. What was your view? What a player! No, mm-hmm. he he could definitely cut it, um, and he's, I don't know if anyone's ever told us. Still to this day, he's the only player that I've seen train and stop, and every player apl- applaud a goal that he scored in one preseason. Oh, I think it was in America, and everyone just stopped and just <laughs> it was it was incredible. You know, it was like a Rabona type goal he scored from about twenty five yards straight into the top Some corner, player. and it, look what a player! And it was obviously. Yeah. If you're watching on uh, MUTV, yeah. that's not Eric Cantona. I'll just <laughs> try and get bang on there, Dingle. An extra man. Hey! <laughs> it's really bad, Eric Cantona lookalike. We got rid yeah. of him. <laughs> um, he was look, and uh, as well as a type of a character, it, it just happens. And maybe certain times in squads where obviously the, the quality that's in the team yeah. at the time, and he's obviously the manager's trying to keep everyone happy too and different things. But no, what a player! What, player. what what a talented player! And it's crazy at times as well. But 
Very it was, shy. It? Yeah, he was. <laughs> Were there so, any players you played with similar to that that you felt didn't get the recognition they deserve, but when you seen them day in day out, and maybe they didn't make a long you know career out of their time at United, but you thought they were I'm trying to remember players. all these names now. I know. <laughs> it's like I'm about to forget a load of people who were like, cheers, cheers. Um, Roy Carroll would have been another player that Roy came in and like when you're trying to fill the boots of keepers over the mm-hmm. years and stuff like that, Roy would have been under big pressure mm-hmm. and it did great at times as well, you know. What a what a great fella too, Roy. Who else were we talking about? Alan Smith, Smudger. When Smudger came in, brilliant like what an impact he had to having to come in from Leeds stuff like that was 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 amazing too oh, it's, so it's hard just so to, many yeah, yeah. In, in the sense of it's to pinpoint one player mm-hmm. like that because the the manager would have felt at the time when because I would have sense went through different squads in the sense of when he was changing things a little bit around but Selling, moving older players, senior players, shall we say, and then the younger players coming in, our new signings. So there was always a kind of a little turnover, and I would have, say, over the well nine proper seasons with the first team, I would have kind of been involved in this in a few of the new squads, the new mm-hmm. the new scenarios. So it was it was incredible, but the dynamic never changed too much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was always that good atmosphere, create a good atmosphere. And then that'll take care of things. Once you once you knew you were doing your work on the training pitch, and in the gyms, etc., it was it was a big part, big part of it. Was there any players in particular you remember the club signing that the dressing room were really excited about? Probably For, Ronaldo, maybe. Yeah, we looked at head, the time when Ronaldo came in. I have to go back now through the time. Obviously, Rio arrived. The time as well, like obviously in the sense of in my head, I'm thinking I'm competing with him. Obviously, I'm thinking, uh, I'm laughing now, because <laughs> when Vida and Patrice, when the, t- when the two lads arrived, it was like, it was, they, I don't know if they said themselves, obviously, it took a, li- First a few, few days, a few difficult. weeks to yeah. kind of settle in, and everyone was like, hold on a minute, who are these, <laughs> who are these two? <laughs> and obviously, they go, out, they go out and turn out to be like incredible, mm-hmm. incredible players for the club, um, and great characters too. So, the, like those two in particular, you say signings of you're thinking, hold on a minute. Next thing they turn out to be mm-hmm. absolute worldies. That's what you're talking about. It takes a little bit of time mm-hmm. for players. Some players will straight, no problem, no issues, straight in enjoying themselves. Other players, it, it does take time. It's different surroundings, mm-hmm. different cultures, and it takes a little bit of time to adapt to it. Mm-hmm. Going to skip ahead slightly to another one of your famous goals. Arsenal and a beautiful little chip but the question I want to ask is about the celebration because there's sort of two there's the moment you stand around like Eric Cantona looking but the, like cam- the cameraman doesn't doesn't show that in the sense of you know what I mean he's just showing me shocked face and yeah. all yeah. Shocked. I think he was shocked the cameraman was shocked he was going hold on a minute and you sort of see him compose and just take it in for a few moments and then you run around like a schoolboy yeah because it was like the lads it was late in the game yeah and uh, they must have thought Ah, oh, th- thankfully the game's done now, and that's the fourth goal. And they probably thought, "Shay's too far away." I just leave him, leave him <laughs> off there. And then I was like, I'm, oh, "I'm enjoying this. I'm trying to get my arms out like that." And then I got, I was like, ah, "I'm going to have to run off here." And I oh, think, so they were chasing you? Wes, no, Wes collars me in the end. I think I'm thinking, right, I'll create a bit of a celebration here. I start running, and um, but over the years, 
you say we celebrate not that I've scored too many I've scored some say important ones in that yeah. sense but I needed to work on the celebration I, I would agree with that but but it, sort of, it, was, it just felt sort of like just pick one <laughs> felt like there was two in two, that moment yeah, yeah I know but I think it was just probably the elation of actually ah, that was a good goal yeah. really good goal let's enjoy it a bit more well it created a great <laughs> moment people are still talking about it no exactly because <laughs> um, that, that game in particular obviously is still highlighted mm-hmm. so much and to be able to finish finish it out I remember uh, when the camera even fans to the bench they're all in shock they're buzzing they're buzzing so much because it was just such a tense tense evening you know and to to finish it off like that was was, it was a beautiful brilliant. goal as well wasn't yeah, it yeah it was brilliant and it, it was weird I'm sure a few weeks before that in training I'd done it now whether I'd done it intensely or not <laughs> no, no we were we were doing some finishing and I had actually done a, a chip like that it would have been with me right foot not not me left so um, that's where all that practice paid off there you go. yeah any kids See? out there listening to that there you go there you go I suppose while we're on goals you also scored against Arsenal in the the only goal in the semi-final in the Champions League. That must have been pretty special. Yeah, that was amazing. And good man, Sam. Thanks for ringing that up. No one ever mentions that. They mentioned the chip at, yeah. at, at Highbury. Um, no, it's the it's the this like the this, the significance of the game in the sense of uh, now it's kind of because we went and dominated down in uh, the Emirates in the second leg it's a little bit kind of forgotten about in the sense of because Ronaldo scores an absolute screamer yeah. of a free kick obviously yeah. in the second leg. It's like your goal that Catlin Cantona scores and <laughs> lost the glory. These things happen. <laughs> yeah, but Always happens to defenders, doesn't <laughs> it? I can see how pattern it was, look, it, just because it was the, the home leg, the score of a winning goal in a in a Champions League semi-final, like, is, look, it's very special. Very special and it was, it was an important one too because obviously it gave us that confidence that mm. we'd be able to we, whoever we were playing we were going to be confident uh, we'd score in the away from home no matter who it was against so if you get that away goal as well it's massive isn't it? it's key and a last minute winner at Anfield in front of the cop yeah look that was the significance of that was huge in the sense that we were down to 10 men mm. Scolzi decided to give someone a little little, ba- little backhand a little <laughs> yeah. hook and uh, you just got the feeling look when you know Ronaldo was taken the free kick in the sense that you, we knew what he was doing with his free kicks out wide yeah. he was putting in a certain delivery that was it was he was going for goal yeah, a lot yeah, of the time yeah, yeah. but he was going for that one where it was going to be difficult for the keeper and uh, thankfully I was able to tuck it away nicely and then enjoy the celebrations afterwards it was uh, tuck it away you nearly missed it a roof of the net <laughs> yeah exactly had to make sure, <laughs> from where five yards <laughs> yeah. the keeper's diving in front of me yard out you'd have been over <laughs> No, thankfully, thankfully he hit the roof of the net, and it was. Uh, Did the manager say anything to you after that? Ah, no. Look, he was, he, he was buzzing. He was buzzing, you know, because he knew it was. I'm trying to think of the month. What month we were in? Was it April or March? Uh, but it was we, late in the season. Yeah, it was late yeah, in the yeah, season, yeah. and yeah. it was because how significant it was in the out of those three, which the, was the best the title race. What what meant more? Ah, <laughs> good question, Maisie. Yeah. What one are you asked about the most? Anfield? Probably Anfield, yeah. Anfield in, in, in that sense. Um, and then it's closely followed by the chip at Highbury, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say. So I'd probably go in that order too. Even though scoring a win on the Champions League semi is mm-hmm. semi final is not, not shabby. Not shabby either. Yeah, it's not shabby either. We were a Liverpool fan as a kid, so. 
score different than the cup, the winner. Yeah, what did yeah. what did your kids say to you? Well, they, look, at that stage, there was my allegiances and yeah. they have changed, obviously. <laughs> so uh, there was nothing, but it was practically, I'd say, what, all my mates back home, over half would be, say, it's obviously split, you know, yeah. Liverpool type of thing. So Some grief then. I had a message I was getting through <laughs> on my phone in the sense of, I'm not talking to you ever again. Brilliant. And for some of them, I was glad. But <laughs> no, look, it was... Uh, amazing and obviously cry, yeah. the, the games between United and Liverpool over the years have been incredible so to get the winner in one of them was brilliant Was that one of your favourite grounds to go to? In terms of Maybe the not favourite No but atmosphere right wise yeah. atmosphere atmosphere wise in Goodison Anfield even um, when, they're, when they're on top of you and especially if I was playing full back say in a lot of those games like you're, it's it's brilliant. You know, it's hard to replicate. Um, I can only imagine what it was like for the for the lads over the last say eighteen months when they were playing in empty stadiums, mm-hmm. trying to because the adrenaline and the buzz you get, and obviously you to, to, to replicate that feeling of mm. the the abuse you might be getting, the so the, the vitriol <laughs> yeah. so close to you, and then you're just it's able to enjoy moments of when you've won a game or the the, the buzz it gives you to come back and taste that again. It's it's electric, you know, it's brilliant. Mm. Obviously, you scored, we just mentioned, you scored the the winning goal in a Champions League semi-final and that helped us get to a Champions League final. Is it true that Sir Alex told you that you would start the Champions League final in 2009 because you were on the bench in 2008? It was one, I think he'd said it in the press maybe afterwards. Mm-hmm. He didn't actually, didn't bother saying it to me. <laughs> he thought, he's all right. Um, he'd said that... Uh, Obviously, I'd played most of the season, mm-hmm. and uh, that he'd be, uh, something. I think it was something like I'd be one of the first names down to start or whatever. Um, but look, you, you're aware of that the, the the level of competition we had in the squad then, and I think that's getting back to why we had a success. It's the the level when the manager did make changes. More than likely, it was an international player replacing an international yeah, player. Yeah. Like it was, it was tough. And then that was the thing of when you got your chance in the team you had to perform because you knew you had someone and if you didn't perform it was it, 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 that that was the key for me and it, i always felt if over the seasons if if you if you started off brilliantly in the sense of a good pre-season and got a good run and you maybe you got a chance to get into the team that the man and you stayed fit as well because that was another thing fortunately for me i was able to stay fit and prepare and train everything well and i think that's what the manager maybe behind thinking back he appreciated that I was always there and ready if needed. And then you're, you're reliable, you're consistent, all those kind of things. And then if you, if you get that chance to perform and you, you're staying in the team, that he'll reward you. And that's what he, he always did over the years. It was it was brilliant. And then that was exactly like when it's coming to the end of your time too, because you've built up that relationship. Yeah. He's he's more than capable of telling you, right? That's enough. <laughs> <So, yeah. laughs> Off you go type of thing. How did that? How did that come about? Because in what it was, it was it 2011 you left? Yeah. And obviously in 2009 you're starting a Champions League final, and just a couple of years later, you're you're on your way yeah, out. How did that come was, about? It was. Um, I'm into the, say the last. It was the last year of my contract, um, and that's I played quite a bit. Obviously, even the season before, and uh, it was just one of them things. The manager had said to me, and he'd always said to me, he nearly. Uh, when you're getting towards your late 20s he'd say oh don't worry look because there was 
I remember, I always remember Robbie, uh, Robbie Keane saying to me, did I want to come down to Tottenham type of thing, you know, how uh, transfers kind of yeah. happen at, at different stages. Um, and it, I was like, no, no, look, I'm playing, playing plenty of football. Yeah. And the manager said, you'll get, get all your games, you'll get plenty of games. And that summer he just said to me, look, there's obviously, I don't know the competition, will mm. you get as many games type of thing. And, uh, there's been a bit of interest and type of thing, so start to start to think about that. And Bring Robbie you, back. <laughs> <once> you, <laughs> yeah. No, but once you kind of hear that and you're kind of thinking, okay, you know, it's that. time to it's yeah. time to think about things. Then and that's when that summer then it just accelerated and headed off to to pastures new in in Sunderland. Did you feel sad about that, or was it exciting to think you were going somewhere different? No, look, you're, you're feeling sad about it because you know. Uh, you know the level that you're at, and the sense of the club you're at, and uh, but also it because it, it was obviously Steve Bruce was signing me, and Sunderland had just finished. I think it was ninth or tenth, or tenth in the Premier League the season before, and you're kind of thinking, okay, same again. It's a thing, yeah. fresh start, but um, you're kind of you're you're caught up a little bit, thinking, okay, there's a. I had a year left. Looking back, I might have thought to myself, maybe. And it was funny. The manager had, when we, we when we came down and we we won um, against United with Sunderland in the one of the league games, not the cup one. Um, was that the beach ball game? No, that was Liverpool. That was Liverpool. Are you a I Liverpool fan as well? No, <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, no, it. It was it was down here actually. It was at um, at Old Trafford, and he uh, the manager uh, messaged me after the game, kind of saying, "What was it like coming back here to play against?" Hang Lance? on, uh, what? Got a cliffhanger here. The manager messaged me saying, "Did after?" It's just All right. cliffhanger. Basically, along the lines of come back. Yeah, no, oh. not not even come back, but like, we come may, back. <laughs> along the lines of look, maybe we did move you on a bit too soon, but. It, it's one of them things over the years that he's 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 he stayed in touch, you know, brilliantly like he does with everybody, and he's always there for advice. But at that time, he was probably thinking there was new signings after coming in, younger players pushing as well. And I'll always remember it's after the. I'm sure the manager worked like this a little bit when he felt he could rely on younger players, mm-hmm. type of thing that he was kind of looking at. Who's who's? That's the cycle of squads and obviously stuff like that. So I'd been out for it was the longest injury I had after um, that Ireland France playoff game. I got injured in that game and I was out for three to four months with a dead, basically a dead leg, but a calcification in me middle of my quad. And it took a while to like I I was fearing at one stage I'm going to be out for about six seven months and I'm thinking what's going on here type of thing. But I managed to get back towards the end of the season. But in the meantime, other lads have got into the team and they're, they are taking their chance. And that's yeah. that's credit to them, you know, because yeah. that's what it's all about. If a youngster gets their chance and they take it. So you're kind of thinking maybe you're it. It's a classic out of sight, out of mind. And uh, so that's where you're kind of playing a bit of catch up. And the manager thinks, OK, maybe it's time to look for, look for something new. But when you mentioned coming back to play here, <laughs> very strange. Very strange, like because um, such a such an amazing atmosphere and feeling about the place when I was here and how I got on well with everyone. Um, it was it was very strange, and it it was even the time 
obviously you don't know if you're going to mention it where Wes myself a mistaken identity type of thing I'm like how can that happen <laughs> um, but it, it was look we, we always myself and Wes we always got an amazing reception too off the yeah. fans you know it was 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 obviously very special too, but um, no, it was it was it was strange, very strange coming back to play. Was it just, feel like now? Was so I was like? just going to say we've just kind of skipped out the Champions League win. <laughs> <laughs> we just went over that really important part of your career. Um, five Premier Leagues, one FA Cup, three League Cups, and one Champions League. Uh, is that final one that I've mentioned there, the Champions League? Is that the most memorable for you in your time here? Ah, look, it's it's incredible. Um, that the the night in Moscow, obviously, well, I didn't play as such. I was on yeah. the bench, but the I was actually I'll never forget. I was close to coming on. But it'd be interesting to see whether I've took the penalty or not. But Anderson came on in extra time, and it was uh, it was Carlos Quiroz. Yeah, Carlos, and I we were warming up, and I'm sure the manager. I was kind of thinking. I'm sure in my head, this is what I'm kind of telling myself that the manager's gone. Shazy kind of, you kind of you got the feeling when you were going to be the sub coming mm-hmm. on. The manager kind of said it, but then next thing I can hear Carlos Quiroz talking, and next thing it's like, oh maybe Anderson's coming on. You know, there's yeah. a bit of dialogue and stuff, and thankfully it all worked out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I didn't want to be the one slipping or anything uh. like that, but no, look, it it was an amazing, amazing run. The, that year and the, the runs that I've had say in the Champions League my first kind of taste of it in the sense of the semi-finals against Bayern Leverkusen mm-hmm. and I was I was on the bench so the feelings that I've had over the years in the Champions League have like the the highs and lows the the following season then being in the team when you get to to, to face Barca it, it was like you, you, that's when you realise you're at the the pinnacle of your mm-hmm. career in a sense too. You know what I mean? You're you're starting in a Champions League final. Yeah. It's 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 incredible, you know. And that's something that you, that you strive for when you start off your career to kind of can you reach get the maximum mm-hmm. out of your career and mm-hmm. to, when you know you've you've got to those levels um, and had the the success we had uh, as a team and a squad. It was. Um, Look, when you hear stuff like that, it's it's always nice to hear back because mm-hmm. when you're in involved in competitive sport like that, and to be at, in with the first team for at United for 13 years, but with the first team say for for nine proper seasons, like to have th- those medals you mentioned, it's mm-hmm. uh, it, it's it's very special. Very we special. spoke to Sir Alex recently, and I asked him, did he enjoy the moments? you know, while they were there, because he very often, okay, enjoy it for that night. And Macy said that plenty of times the next day back to normal. Do you feel like you enjoyed those moments and those trophies? Yes and no. Yes and no. Macy laughing because I was, look, you definitely enjoyed it, but to the extent of probably what you should have done, maybe not because obviously, uh, depending on when you'd won the league or you'd won an FA cup or a league cup, the league cup would have generally been that you had more to do Mm -hmm. that season. Mm -hmm. Then it was either international stuff after the end of a season type of thing, and but it was just a like like you mentioned the the culture at the club, it was like boom, job done, move on, but and I think that's what bred so much success. I think it was the case of let's get ready for the next one, you know. Mm-hmm. But definitely we we did enjoy it when we could, and I think that was rightly so, and that's yeah. that's what the manager encouraged. Mm-hmm. He said that after everything, then go out and enjoy it. 
enjoy this one. Go and enjoy it. Whether yeah. it's the league or, you know, I think even even when we we did the treble, we went out after one of the after, cups after after the, after the league, the league, and then the FA Cup, and then it was like calm down after yeah. that one. You had a week in between, was it? You had a week, a week between, between, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that always gave you a bit of comfort. If pints. it was the Wednesday, you yeah, would have yeah, been trickier. Yeah. yeah, but no, you've got to enjoy it. You've got to enjoy it. And to be fair, Shades, you've had an unbelievable career. One thing I suppose also is benefit of uh, being at Manchester United is the fan base. And you were one of a, a select few of players to have their very own chant. And what a chant <laughs> it was. Yeah, it's, that, and that's getting back to something that inspired you, obviously, to kind of not just you want to do well anyway don't get me wrong mm. just because I'm thinking if they're not singing the song I'm going to play bad type of thing. <laughs> come on man are you going to sing me song and I'll play, I'll play well I think it was just how how I played that kind of first few seasons in a sense of going for it attacking when I could and mm. uh, obviously being a defender defending but the attacking because obviously the song Marching Down the Wing mm-hmm obviously alludes to me going forward <laughs> quite a bit and trying to get involved and create stuff. So no, look, it, amazing. And it's just so it's, it's, it's a, it's a good tune in the sense of, and it's an easy, easy one to sing along to. So. Did you ever find yourself singing along on the pitch? No, <laughs> no, no, I, I, geez, I would have got some stick. If imagine there was a clip of that going around sing, singing, your own, singing your own song. No, it was it was a great buzz and look, it's one of them things that over the years United fans have been uh, very witty and clever in a lot of their, very good. Their, their songs and they still are to this day when you hear some of the, the latest mm-hmm. chants. Did you feel like you really connected with the fans and possibly still do? Uh, yeah, you'd hope so. You'd hope that that to be the case and uh, look, it's it was funny. A, a, a fella sent me on a video of the fans singing on the way down to Southampton on the train you know what I mean they're still belting out they're belting out the songs it's obviously a long journey down to Southampton so they have to go through the whole uh, the whole <laughs> repertoire <laughs> so um, if they were doing no, it for every player you've ever played with it'd be further than Southampton um, no exactly so that look the, the rapport the fans is, is it's a huge thing and you realise that when you go to other clubs um, how important that is to have the the backing of, of, of fans in the sense of the atmosphere it can create and how it helps, whether it be mm. a new player or an older player type of thing, settle and uh, f- feel at home at a club. It's uh, it's definitely a huge part. How do you feel now when you've talked about all those memories and, and that moment in your life when you look out at the pitch at Old Trafford? Yeah, proud, pride, super. Um, it's, it's it's very strange. And it's as you said, when it, even when, you, when I came back here, I said to play, with uh, with Sunderland, and I was just I would have came back to play with Reading too, except they injured me hammy in the warm up. <laughs> oh, anyway, that's another story. Three one in. Um, <laughs> that's when I knew it was it was time to time to call it a day. Um, just a, an an amazing sense of pride, really, because when you I moved over from Waterford at seventeen, and uh, you realise just the, the people, the support that you had from so whether it was your family, uh, your younger coaches the people that had worked with along the way that mm-hmm. had sacrificed a lot for you and then you're able to kind of go out and perform and play at one of the biggest clubs in the world for for as long as I did just immense satisfaction and uh, satisfaction and pride I think it would be the two two words that stick stick in the mind but enjoy enjoyment too because that was the that was the big thing that the players that we had and the people that we had and 
still in touch with a lot of them too. So that's that's, that's good too, you know. I think that's it. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for talking to us. No, as a pleasure. And I, I, I wish I had been able to do it a little bit earlier, but circumstances oh. got in the way. But I was trying my best to advise you, Maisie. But <laughs> Helen eventually, you Helen one, eventually you tried you one, me down. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. So that was our chat with John O'Shea. How cool is it? Which Maisie and I followed up with Anando's lunch. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yes. Sam and producer Matthew Tasker did not turn up to. Just the three of us. Just the three of us. Some of us got work to do. Yeah. Sam didn't. I didn't. It was nice. Um, Nice. How great was it to hear him, firstly, explain that goal celebration against Arsenal? Because it was one thing that as a kid, it seems so weird, the, the fact that he stands there and sort of takes it all in and then runs off and it's just that the camera is so close in on him you can't see that he's being chased yeah. see that's why he runs off I know it's great that, for me that was like the answer to like a proper mystery he just looked in total shock yeah there's also that element of it and I think everyone else was in shock but what a goal yeah. what a lad I love Shazer mm-hmm. Shazer's a great lad you could speak to Shazer all day long and not get bored to listen and talking to him great lad Incredible as well how he eventually came to United because there were so many other clubs. Nearly mm-hmm. every club was after him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and United weren't at the time. Yeah. And the following year, of course, he made his move here and we are all the better for it. Said some really interesting stuff about Roy Keane as well because also where he's on telly so much now and a new, uh, a, a younger generation of people probably only have the perception of Roy Keane of the angry man on Sky Sports as opposed to the football player that he was maybe sometimes gets lost and it's great to hear from people who played with him talk about what he was like and how good he was. Fellow countrymen, yes, as well. Uh, I, think, sure. I think they always, always stick together, don't they? Yeah. yeah. They always, always look after each other. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, Keane probably did take Shazie under his, under his wing at times and obviously dished out plenty of rollickings as well. But I think that's a certain kind of love that young players need. Well, it's Tough like love. the... Infamous interview, isn't it? That's what Fletch yeah. alluded to. It was yeah. supposedly Fletch and Shazy mm-hmm. were involved uh, in the bit of the wrath of Roy Keane, as it is now known. But to them, that was their yeah, way of knowing. Yeah, they cared. Roy mm-hmm. cared about them. Yeah. But yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. But it was a great one. Loved that one. Top lad. Who's better at golf? We didn't ask that question. Oh. Between you and Shazy? Me. <laughs> so humble. You asked a question, I'm uh, I think it'd be me, Helen. But I'm not sure, but I think it would be me. Would that be a better answer to you? No, I like yours. Okay. Directness. <laughs> right, that's us done for another week. Uh, thank you very much. For Get your listening. emails and reviews and tweets in, guys. Yeah. I've got some if you want to hear some. Okay. One here from Surav, who says, Much needed podcast. Phil Jones's story is an example of how life can go upside down and how you can come back stronger, ignoring the toxic social pressure and be yourself. Thanks, guys. And another one from Jason Andrews. Excellent listen. Phil spoke very well. Not an easy road. Good guy, good player who always gave his all. Ollie's management of him has been excellent. So Alex, such a genius. His words has such an impact. And to compliment Phil was so well-timed. Great job. And one from Mr. Anderson, who has been doing a marathon, well, a half marathon, Said those last few kilometres were torture on the legs in mind, made much better by catching up on some of the podcasts, and he was listening to Tom Heaton. Thanks very much, Mr. Anderson. Not the one from The Matrix, I assume. Cheers, Ando. If you want to get involved, you can send us a tweet, you can send us a message, or you can email us the address in the show notes. It's United Podcast at manunited.co.uk, and we will see you on the next one. Goodbye. Ciao. Adios. Adios.